Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast. I am your host, Nicole Frolic, and I invite you to cozy up with me each week as I explore all aspects of the spiritual journey, spiritual biohacking, and expanding the mind beyond this reality. Remember that the collective awakening can start by planting one seed. So thanks for being such an amazing audience and sharing these shows with your family and friends. So without further ado, let's jump right into the episode and find out what we're discovering today. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. I am really excited to have the show with you uh, this week because we have a returning guest who is also one of my dear friends, Jeremy McDonald, who is a holistic uh, life coach and quantum healer. And he is also the owner of Storytelling Alchemist, the Storytelling Alchemist, actually. And he's got a really great show lined up for us today. We're going to be going into symbolism and metaphors, and we're going to be relating a lot of that to what's going on today in our world. So I'm really excited, Jeremy, to have you back on the show. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing wonderful. Thanks, Nicole, for having me back. It's been a while. It doesn't even seem like it's been that long, but it, it, I guess it's been a couple of years now, has it? I know. Are you in bed right now? I am not in bed. I totally forgot. I haven't actually forgotten about what we used to do. For those listening, we used to do a show called uh, Nicole and Jeremy in bed, but I was in Florida and she was in Denver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> drinking wine. Drinking I, I will wine. confess, I am drinking wine right now. <laughs> I really need to go get a bottle. So, you know, but it is it is what it is. I haven't been drinking as much lately. So <laughs> how, have you, how have you been doing with all of the, you know, the coronavirus stuff and quarantine? And how, how's that all been for you? So it's interesting because I'm, I'm, I'm very much an extrovert. And, uh, you know, I can be very introverted in certain areas. But like, I've been working at home and being at home all the time. And not, not that I necessarily don't mind working at home because I actually like it. But the diff- little the, the little challenge I've had is because I you know I can't connect with my friends on a physical level, so I've been you know um, facing that you know and just working through it. And we've been doing you know online Zoom stuff, and but I've also been diving more into my work, which in a sense um, it tends to suffer a little bit because I like to be out with my friends and doing things. And so uh, the blessing has been is that I've been knee deep in research, which is what I also love. And so that I've been kind of counter countering the need for wanting to be out with people uh, with another love that I have, which is uh, research in uh, symbolism, which is what we're going to talk about today. And uh, yeah, so I've been, I've been, I've been managing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's like, we've all been given time to do all the things we've been putting off. (laughs) That's the thing is you have to find um, something to work on, you know, whether it's just working around your house or, you know, get, getting that closet clean. I saw somebody say, I just cleaned out and straightened up my entire linen closet. I'm like, I should probably do that. I think the last time I did that was five years ago. <laughs> oh my so gosh. it's one of those things that you just, you know, it, just take this time right now to, you know, work on something, whatever it is. And uh, you'll sure, you'll, you'll surely be able to, um, you know, get a lot of accomplished. I, and I got a feeling we're going to be in this, for a little while, I was supposed to fly out and see my family this weekend, and they canceled my flight um, just today. So, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, the universe wants me here. So it's going to be, 
you know, it's not just about what is happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Those things don't happen just for a reason. They, you know, they happen for a reason. You know, the universe just kind of said, nope, you're staying home. <laughs> and there, and there's, I think those reasons are multifaceted, you know. I think sometimes we can get caught up in looking for the reason when there are so many reasons because the divine orchestration of the universe goes well beyond what we can come up with in our minds. Absolutely. And that reminds, there's a quote I wrote down here uh, that I have in my notes that I brought up to talk about today because I thought it, it's it's a very well-known quote. It's not anything new, uh, but it's that which is, is, a, is, is like unto, that which is above is like unto that which is below, and that which is below is like unto that which is above. And that was stated by Hermes uh, Trismegistus a very, very long time ago. And, you know, so what is going on here? And all around us in the macrocosm and the microcosm is basically um, all happening for a reason. So we're looking at the three-dimensional things that are happening to our three-dimensional body, and we're missing that there is a greater story that's being played here in the universe. And so uh, that's kind of what we have to look at. And you're not only a part of that, that you are that. And so that's... that's um, something we just have to take in consideration that even my physical body has to remind myself there's a bigger picture here that you have to remi- remind yourself and for those of you out there uh, I, I challenge you to say Hermes Trismegistus three times really fast because <laughs> you it up. And, uh, and it took me a, at least a good six months of trying to say it over and over because I had to do a lecture on it and, and saying his name and I was like I cannot mess this up <laughs> so <laughs> It's these are these are things that we just have to look at. So there's a lot that we have to take in consideration, and it's the another note that I, I brought up here. I was just thinking there was a lecture I gave uh, a while ago, and it's called "The Walls of Jericho: The Alchemical Meaning of That Story." But the last slide of this 11-slide presentation that I did was basically the Buddha sitting at the Bodhi tree. And I'll go deeper into some of this stuff. But um, he sat there for 49 days. And so in, in numerology, if you take 4 and 9, that's a 13. But you always have to uh, go down to the smallest number, which is uh, if it's 13, is 1 and 3, and then that's 4. 4, we're in a 4 year. 2020 is 4. And so um, four means balance with the four seasons. And so what are we looking at doing this year? We are now in this uh, year of balance and refining ourselves. We are facing the darkest parts of ourselves. And so that's, that's something that we have to really, really think about. And it's interesting because um, I do a lot of study, not just in um and biblical stuff, but I study in a lot of other of the realms. But I was uh, reading uh, um, in the Bible yesterday. It was um, Amos chapter five, verse eighteen, and it basically talks about everybody's waiting for this day of the Lord, the day of the light. And it says right in there that in order to find God, it's in the, in darkness. And what does that mean? It means that um, in shamanism, you have to go down into your underworld and face all the the things that we don't want to face and it's also in darkness is stillness so um and we alchemize ourselves through bringing both into balance the darkness in the light or the polarities or the dualities we bring them into balance the divine feminine the divine masculine we bring them into a synergy and so i just found that super interesting that uh even uh, the israelites wandered in the uh, desert for 40 years and that's another four 
because four and zero is four. Mm -hmm. And so what were all these stories about? They were all about finding themselves. So what are, where are we at right now? We're sitting at the Bodhi tree and we're, or we're wandering in the wilderness, whatever metaphor that you feel is good for you, you know, just, you know, you can work that out in your head, uh, but it doesn't matter which story we're playing. Uh, 2000 years from now, they're going to have a story about the Corona. And it'll be Corona chapter six, verse 24 or something <laughs> like that. And so, uh, you know, Nicole, uh, you know, your books will be, uh, you know, cited by people like 3000 years from now. And, you know, they'll be look at, looking at that. And so right now, and we, we forget that those were just people going through experiences, but the story is always the same over and over again, finding ourselves. And it's, so it's, it, yeah. it's very much like the cycles, right? we're constantly just moving through these similar cycles and healing stuff and learning stuff. And until like, it's, it's really learned, I guess you, you brought up something like that whole quote about um, above and below that idea also is very indicative of the um, reflection of things. So the reflection of the macrocosm in the micro and the reflection of the micro in the macro and I think that's a perfect um, way to go into your symbolism and metaphors, because I find that these reflections outside of us can be great metaphors or symbolism for what's going on within us. How did you get into symbolism and metaphors? Or like, when did you start studying it all and, and what really drew you to it? So I had a, um, a really interesting experience in 2008 where I, um, I'd studied, I've been studying metaphysics since... 96, I think. And, um, but it was always more of the psychic realm and, you know, Reiki and healing. And there's obviously, and I'm not putting that down because I still practice all that stuff, but it was, uh, I was gone through this really hard time and it, I was like two years into probably the worst four years of my life. And so I had this experience um, where I felt um, the presence of Jesus standing behind me. And I, up to this point in my adult life, had said to myself, um, <laughs> I'm not going to practice anything that has to do with anything that has to do with Christianity. And I had just shied so far away from it. And I'd studied every other major religion. Well, the experience I had was this. When you, he says to me, after I had said, I really don't care for you that much, um, he says to me, well, when you learn how to love me, you learn how to love yourself. And I thought that that was super interesting because what the journey that I went on as him as a guide kept on saying I need you to Google search this. I need you to Google search this. And then interviews came up and blogs came up and um, different texts came up and things that I'd studied before, but uh, now they really started to click in my head at a different level. I was seeing it differently. And it's interesting because when you go through the worst of times and the cosmic two by four up the side of the head, um, your eyes start opening up to a different uh, level of thinking. Well, then I, I ran across a guy named William Henry and uh, and it was because one day I got this message that said, Google search, uh, it was uh, ISIS and uh, Mary Magdalene. And so I Google searched ISIS and Mary Magdalene. And I ran across this book about ISIS and Mary Magdalene potentially being the same person. And, uh, or at least that the stories were very similar. And so uh, I was so fascinated with it and looking at this that... I realized, wow, this is super interesting. So I just, that was, uh, started me on like what now, like a 12 year journey. Um, 
and so in looking at things and it's interesting because the story of uh jesus and mary magdalene or isis and osiris is very very fascinating because um it's about the divine feminine and divine masculine and so both of the uh, masculine energies in here died and were resurrected and so the interesting part is that in the gnostics when uh, jesus is resurrected um mary magdalene is there right when he's resurrected and so it's uh and there is also stories about isis giving osiris a blessing and so what ends up happening his blessing he gives what the egyptians called a sap and so it but the sap is the secretion that happens comes from his pineal gland what we know is this pine cone shaped thing in your brain and so i started looking at that and i realized that wow, this story is told over and over and over and over and over again. It's not just in Egyptian and uh, Christian. And interesting enough, if you look at most Christian texts, they date back to Samaria. And their stories are told. Zoroaster is very similar. Krishna is very similar. Uh, and these stories are very much told over and over again. And so um, that's a whole other story we can go into. But basically, the Bible was canonized over 1,100 years three times so these canonizations happened over at 1100, 1100 years 11 is mastery and three is about the trinity right and so you have to start looking at the numbers anytime you see numbers stop and just pause and go what's that all about because what's symbolism about it's they had to write everything in code in ancient times because a couple reasons one if they didn't write it in code, then uh, there was people out there that wouldn't understand them and they would kill them. The governments and the controlling people, they would want to kill them. And so people like Da Vinci and many other very uh, enlightened people wrote in code. Uh, and that's been going on and it still is going on to some, to some level. But the other reason is that they had what are called mystery schools that were around and those mysteries were taught to the disciples or the students that came into uh, their schools, into their mystery schools. And so they didn't want to teach it to everybody because not everybody was going to understand or grasp or be able to responsibly use this information uh, for the greater good because understanding who you are on a cosmic level and the actual power that you have as an individual, as a soul, that's pretty, that's, that's a great responsibility. And, and there's people out there that would mis misuse that. And so there, that's a couple of reasons why they do that. There's probably other reasons, but those are what I've found so far. That's really cool. So basically, I mean, I know you and I briefly chatted about this, but basically what we're experiencing today, because sometimes I feel like I have to talk in code just to get bypass the algorithms on like YouTube or Facebook and, you know, because then we get censored and then we get, um, you know, you get shadow banned. And so it's basically the same thing, just in a different way of what was been happening over time when people were trying to get out information and then the powers that be, whoever was in power at the time didn't want that information getting out. So yep. coding has always been something that many people who are truth seekers or truth deliverers um, are trying to get around. Absolutely. That's absolutely truth. And also, and so what I know you practice and a lot of other spiritual teachers practice is not only do we learn how to, to work around that, 
but we also learn to trust in something bigger than us. And so when we learn to trust in something bigger than us, then um, that tells us where to go and where to be and how to do things. And so, um, and it's really, it's really fascinating. So and it's also, we see things through different shades or different, uh, different eyes. So right now, what's shadow banning us, a lot of times it's AI. I mean, like I remember just a few years ago when you and I were doing Facebook Lives together, um, our Facebook Lives would, without even advertising it, would get eight, nine hundred to a thousand views. Now, you know, it's not like that. And partially it's because it's so saturated, but it's also because we're also being, the, what we're saying, the people that, the individuals that control things don't want us to get out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of those things is interesting, and I think you're you're right on. This is just another metaphor. the the number The letter thirteen. What are we What are we told the letter thirteen is? We're told it's in a in a hotel. They don't have thirteenth floor, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that because we're told it's unlucky, you know. And so it's unlucky to have thirteen. Well, what does thirteen actually mean? It means uh, the completion of a cycle. And what is it? There was there's twelve disciples, twelve zodiac signs, twelve sons of Israel. And what does that all mean? It means that those 12 aspects of those things that are told in a metaphor, like uh, it's told that as you go through those 12 different realms or lessons in your life, then there's a completion of the product. In other words, the 13th is this, the center of the circle. So Jesus was the center of the circle. The sun is the center of the circle of the 13 zodiac signs. And it's interesting. Uh, what's the uh, completion of the sons of, uh, of Israel? It's a, uh, Israel stands for is, we've all seen this before, Isis, the feminine, Ra, uh, the masculine, and El, Elohim, or shining ones. And it's funny because um, we're told uh, Israel in the Bible, he was actually, his name was somebody else, something else previously. And then God said, you'll not be Israel. Why? Because he opened up to himself. So that's just an example of something hidden in a story. And so they just didn't have AI shadow banning back then. (laughs) So they they did crucifixions and stuff like that and scared people. Um, And so there's, there's a lot, lot to this. And this is uh, this struggle has been going on for eons for eons. And so how do we stop this? It's like right now I've been just watching, I watch you know, social media every day and I, and I thought about going dark like you did. Um, and I, and I, and I might eventually, but, uh, um, I watch it because I'm trying to look at this duality and it's interesting because I have a, a realm of people on my, on my group of friends and I have people that are very ultra liberal and I have people that are very ultra right-wing conservative. And um, then I have people that are, cons- you know, conspiracy theorists and all of all these different realms, and they're all at odds with each other. And so it makes me stop and think, where does this stop? It stops when we start looking at that we're more than we think we are. And, and really, nothing is happening to us right now. Even my mind is going into, I'm going crazy sitting here at home. And then today something happened and I got upset about it. And I had to jump into myself. And it was because a friend of mine that's Asian was in a grocery store and somebody took all their groceries off the conveyor belt and threw them on the ground and accused them of bringing this virus to the United States. So it it, it hit me, it it hit me and it triggered me. And this is the thing you have to understand is most people want to say I'm spiritual and, um, you know, don't, you know, you shouldn't have that reaction. I think it's the direct opposite. I think I'm having this reaction 
And instead of me brushing it under the rug, I need to stop and look at it and go, what, where is this at? Well, because I didn't want to see my friend hurt or feel insecure or feel not safe and stuff like that. And so in any of my friends for anything, I don't want them to feel unsafe. And so, but then one of my clients actually made a comment on the post I put on Facebook and said that they had a friend out in San Francisco that went through the similar issue. And this woman stood up in her strength with love and respect and literally changed the situation without getting angry, but spoke the truth and stood in her power. And so that really told me that right there that we're going to face adversity. And it reminded me of something that I teach is that we're going to face adversity. It's how we handle it. So if you handle it where you get angry and you fly off the handle, that's okay. Stop and look at it. And then the next time you'll be stronger. This is like a muscle. And so what are we doing and what are all these mysteries all about? They're about us going out into the world or going somewhere else and facing who we are. So it doesn't matter if you go sit in a, in a temple somewhere or an ashram somewhere, you're still going to have to face yourself at some level because right now we're in our homes are ashrams because we're sitting at home. And so, you know, and it's, it's, it's quiet and there's, you know, you know, you may have kids going on, but you're here by yourself and you're having to face all your demons. And so there can be things of loneliness that come up, uh, feeling like people don't care about you and all that other kind of stuff that human beings have. And so what is all this alchemy stuff and about all the symbolism about? It was trying to tell us that there is that you're connected to something that is so huge. And that's that macrocosm and microcosm. And the, the, the Kabbalists very much understood this. And so, um, and Hermes understood this as well. And it's in, it's even in the Lord's Prayer. It's, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, what's saying of the what's in heaven is also on earth. And, and, and that, that, you know, that was it's so within, so without, as above, so below. And so it's, it's not, this isn't new. And so it's um, all this stuff that is trying to tell everybody out there. And for those listening, you're more than what you think you are. You're amazing and you're a being of light. So I mentioned darkness earlier, but darkness and light coming together is, is an alchemy that literally creates electricity. And your electricity, you have electrons in your body. So what ends up happening is you face yourself and these two things come together and work in a synergy together when the divine feminine and divine masculine stop fighting against each other and start flowing together. Then what ends up happening is that the electrons in your body start to fire and then you become this lantern or this beacon of light. And it says, you know, be the light of the world. And so, uh, and your light is brighter than you could ever imagine. So, and it's talked about over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's fascinating. I literally just, I could spend hours, uh, you know, talking about the same thing over and over again. There's uh, something interesting. Um, in almost other, in several texts in, in different countries all across the world, it talks about there is a, there talks about this river that throughout throughout eternity or throughout it, there's the River Jordan, uh, there's the Ganges River, uh, there is the you know there's the Nile River. What were these rivers about? Talked about in spiritual texts. It's your Kundalini. You know, John the Baptist baptized baptized Jesus in the river uh, the River Jordan, and so. Did he really dunk him in water? 
probably not. It's probably about the baptism of the Kundalini energy activating through the chakra system and the energy system shooting up the spine. Buddhist monks talk about when they hit enlightenment, that an electrical charge, they feel it shooting through their body. We, you and I have experienced, you and I experienced it at Tulum. We felt electricity between us uh, when we were standing at Tulum, this energy, this energy charge. Mm -hmm. It's because those are moments of enlightenment and, and charging. And that's the, the body is experiencing something that's hitting a new level of understanding. And what we had, we had a, a people joining together, working together in community and flowing together. And, and there, they were, that energy came together at an ancient spot. And through all that, we experienced something profound. And so, and these, we have these experiences over and over again. And, you know, uh, that, that experience was exactly, I started to, we were talking about duality here and the, the yin and the yang, the masculine, and the feminine, the dark and the light. That moment in Tulum was the beginning of me understanding that two opposites can exist at the same time. <laughs> and in the world that we live in, we're, we understand that only one can, one can be true or one can exist at one time. Like you can't be angry and happy at the same time. You can't be, um, you can't be sad and, um, feeling, um, ecstasy at the same time. And I was, you know, like, oh, there were very, uh, and that was, that's the power of the Kundalini activation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I had multiple Kundalini activations at that site. That was incredible, but that's so cool about the water and everything. And, you know, going back to what you were talking about at the very beginning, um, with the, uh, the idea of how, <clears throat> You have very liberal friends, very right-wing friends, and then conspiracy. And you have, you have like all these different groups of people. And it's that very thing, this idea of wanting us to identify with all these different like groups or one group or like trying to subsection us off that keeps us from talking to, to one another. That is actually one of the tactics that is used as a form of of censorship. It's just we don't realize it, uh, that we're not listening because of a group identity or a thought identity, ideal identity. Um, and, and instead of like coming together so that we can all learn from one another and gather our information and make, um, make choices or decisions based on more information and understanding from differing viewpoints, you know, that is actually, to me, another form of censorship, but just in a very, um, just in a very obscure way. Yep. Yeah, it's it's interesting. That's divide and conquer, right? Mm -hmm. It keeps us all, and it's, it, I was just, as you were saying this, I, I just turned the page and there was a, the, uh, a bullet point here that I wrote. It says, Pythagoras saw the cosmos and the body as a harmonious unit. And so I thought, I think that's super interesting when we're talking about divide and conquer, we think that we're all at odds with each other. What if all this divide and conquer was actually there for a reason? Because pearls are formed through friction, right? Mm -hmm. And diamonds are formed through friction. And so what ends up happening, all this stuff that we're going through right now, all this opposition is... Um, is happening for a reason and i don't remember i don't know if you remember you probably remember our webinar where we talked about power versus force and uh, and that and, yeah uh, dr hawkins's stuff and and so um 
I have this on, on this uh, presentation I was doing as well. And it says here, and it says, we activate our flesh bodies through gradual refinement, not by miracle of divine intervention, but from flesh into spirit. Neither, in other words, as you go through these different things in your life, um, and even the divide and conquer, all these people that are upset or challenged, or I triggered them, or they've triggered me or whatever, um, that happens for a reason and it's for us to look within, our, look within ourselves but we're very busy pointing our finger out and so uh, the lesson is to start pointing the finger back in towards ourselves and start to look and say hmm you know why did that happen why did it you know i said i mentioned uh, the uh, the cabal recently on a post about censorship and somebody said that the cabal didn't exist that it was a right-wing conservative, uh, um, you know, term or whatever. And I thought to Conspiracy myself- Conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. And I thought to myself, I don't really care. It's just a word. And so- and it, All it, it means it, is a group. Yeah. <laughs> it's an- and, and, I, and, I, and I mentioned, and I thought to myself, we can all agree that there is a group of individuals within the world, we may not agree on who they are, that are evil, right? And, you know, their, their response was yes. And so- um, and then the opposite of evil is what? Live. And so if you turn it backwards, it's live. And so um, it started to make me think, and I thought to myself, what I think is evil, it's all shades of perspective, right? And so, <clears throat> I mean, obviously there's some things that are pretty heinous. Um, and But at the same time, if we've lived several lives, thousands and thousands of lives, uh, isn't it possible that you've done some heinous things in your lifetime. And Carl Jung talked about this. Carl Jung talked about the shadow within us, that mm -hmm. we all have the capability of doing some pretty heinous things. And if you really got honest with yourself, there is some things in your life that you're probably not, you probably are not proud of. And so new age thinking will say, oh, wait a second, I, there shouldn't be anything. I'm authentic. And I'm like, I think the authentic to say thing to say is that I've done things that I'm not, that I'm not okay that I did. That's an emotion. It's, it's fine. It's fine to say that I didn't really appreciate now from where I'm at, all the drugs I did in my twenties and thirties. I just don't. And that's okay. I'm not overly judging myself about it, but I'm not okay with going back there. And so that what ends up happening is that we start to look at these things and start we start to um the brushing it under the rug and not facing it or acting like it never happened that's more judgment than saying i don't like it <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. so avoidance uh, denial and so yeah there's a, there's so much going on in this world and and really all it is is a distraction to not look in yourself and that's fascinating because there's a couple terms that i think is super interesting the word sin is a trigger on everybody well, not everybody, but on a lot of people. And the word mm -hmm. sin, all it means is missing the mark. So if you are divine, if God lies within you, because it says, seek, the, uh, seek first the kingdom of heaven. And then it says, see, the kingdom of heaven is within you. So guess where God is? Inside of you. And so what's the sin? The sin is missing the mark because you missed the mark because you're turning your back on yourself. And so, because you're looking outside of yourself for God in universe, cosmos, consciousness, Christ consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And it's really inside of you because the return of 
the savior is within you. So we're waiting for aliens to come or uh, uh, Kukulkan or Jesus come back to save us. And it, they're never coming. And so, uh, and then if we're not looking for that, we're looking for QAnon to save us or Trump or Obama to save us. They're not going to save you. We have to save ourselves. We have to find that within ourselves um, to find that savior. And trust me, I have to face myself every day. I am not mm -hmm. perfect on practicing this. I make mistakes. Nicole knows me well enough. When I when I fall off the rocker, I tell her about it. And that that's okay. It's a part of this process. The other thing I want interesting enough is that um, we are so far in our left brain. And uh, there is a... Uh, that's the balance and we're so far in that divine masculine side of ourselves. So we can't believe in anything until it's physically proven with science. Now, some of us have tapped into more on that right side of the brain and some of us are more right function than others. But it's interesting. This is a, this is going to be a controversial statement um, is that there is another Bible passage that says man shall not lie with man. It's because it's an abomination. It has nothing to do with what people think it's about. It has everything to do with divine masculine and divine feminine. We are a world that operates from the divine masculine. And there's a reason for that. Thousands of years ago, there was Judaic priests, and then there was Israel, Israelite priests. And those, those two sides, because the, the Israel was divided now into two kingdoms, uh, one set of priests, there used to be that there was divine feminine, divine masculine, was Elohim and Sophia. And Sophia was the, the divine feminine aspect of the, the divine or the creator. And so what ended up happening in this faith is that they started, in not just that faith, they started to stamp out any uh, feminine deity. And then in Christianity, what they did is they made it the Mother Mary. And so the Mother Mary is not a divine being. It's the mother of the divine being. And so what we did is we, we lessened the divine feminine. We started operating only from this divine masculine state. So my point here is, is that we operate we operate from a male masculine perspective, which is very logical, very forward, you know, directional thinking, as opposed to going with the flow the way the, a feminine uh, perspective would look. And so what ends up happening? Because we only think one way and not in a balanced way, we surely will die. We are destroying ourselves. However, like our good friend, um, Jason, will say that it's all by design. And I agree with them because we're mm -hmm. going through this, we're going back into the wheel, into the golden age yeah. of thinking where things will come back into balance. And we did it on purpose. We veiled ourselves on purpose so we could figure ourselves out. Yeah. Okay. So I received a download while you were talking. <laughs> oh, okay. And so like, like you were saying before about, you know, it's no one, it doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum of beliefs of who you believe is, is the savior, the better person who's doing the right thing right now in our world. No one is, is going to save you. It's you who you have to save. You're the one who came here mm -hmm. to do the work. Cause remember everything outside of you is only a reflection of what's inside of you. So if you want to see change, we've, we say this all the time, you have to be that. And so I designed this, um, I created a meditation for the alchemy group that I just released last weekend. And it's called the hero awakens earth angels rise. And I was guided to do it because it's all about awakening the hero within you. And the download that I received is that the hero is the union of the masculine and feminine. 
because right now we're so programmed to be in this victim mentality of waiting for someone to save us. Like we're looking for a hero to save us. And that's very victim mentality. That's wounded feminine energy. And that mentality or that program belief that we hold that is so deeply entrenched in our belief system uh, that many of us don't even realize it on a day to day, but we're so scared to put ourselves out there. We're so scared to actually be the hero of our own life. But when you become the hero of your own life, you have become the union of the masculine and feminine in reality, because that is to me like you don't depend on anyone but yourself. You've created, you've created the savior, um, or this, this, what's the word I'm looking for? But you've created that kind of energy through your own union. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. And so I wanted to just um, let the audience know that that download came in just of that the hero is the union of the masculine and feminine energy. So in order for you to become the hero of your own life, bring into balance that feminine and masculine energy within you, like Jeremy was talking about, and um, you will you will find that you will then be in a place to initiate all of the purpose that your soul has been designed to do here on this planet at this current time, and you'll be able to initiate and take steps forward in it. And it doesn't mean you're not going to be scared, but you're still going to do it anyway you know it would be a powerful thing i don't i don't know what your meditation exactly has in it but you described it but is to do a marriage in your mind and literally the divine feminine aspect of yourself and the divine masculine side side of yourself actually going through a marriage ceremony so i actually have that in my um i have a meditation already out it's a it's a union of the masculine feminine and in it they actually come into union through like a ceremony of marriage and it's like a 45 minute meditation but this this one though is much more like an activation of the hero it's it's like awakening the call of your soul to awaken you into becoming the hero so it kind of sounds like a trailer to an epic movie (laughs) it's very um inspiring it's kind of like inspirational, like gets you pumped kind of activation meditation. I, I shouldn't even call it a meditation, but it is in a way. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm thinking though of releasing it like an, a trailer to a movie on my YouTube channel. I've been looking at footage. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but I'll send you. I'll send you the meditation, Jeremy, so you can listen to it. Oh, that'd be really think. cool. Yeah. Um, do we have a little? Are we running good on time, or do? Oh yeah, we're still at time. Okay, so I wanted to. Um, there is a kind of it's a, not necessarily a meditation but it's just a, uh based on uh charles fillmore's 12 mind powers of man and you can actually find this image on um on google just google search 12 mind powers of man and the reason why you, there's a reason why you want the image because it's part of what i'm going to talk about so um and if you guys email me on my website i'll um i'll send you back the image it's not a big deal but uh there is a uh um he equated the 12, 12 mind powers to different regions in the body. And then he, and he identifies them with what? The significance of 12, 12 zodiac sign, 12 uh, disciples, all that kind of stuff. And in this example, he used uh, 12 disciples. And so faith is actually the uh, one of the 12 mind powers, and it's in the middle of the brain. It's where the pineal gland is, and he attributes that to... Uh, Peter, the disciple, uh, one of the apostles, Peter. And so it's interesting because what what does faith do? It's a uh, 
um, as you go through life and you experience life, um, you have to face things and you have to have a little bit of faith. And so each time you uh, face something new uh, and take a leap of faith, it gets stronger. It's not, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. So what I recommend is finding this image. I know I can't show it to you guys right now is if you look up the 12 mind powers of man by Charles Fillmore is you look at each one of these regions and there's faith, strength, love, power, imagination, understanding, will, order, zeal, elimination, life, and wisdom. If you say, look at each one of those and in your mind, you say divine will, divine faith, divine strength, you'll feel them activate in the different reaches of the body that he has them and, and you show them. And, and so what it's doing is you activate them. And you're saying, I'm ready to have these lessons about power. Guess where power is at? It's where the throat chakra is at. Divine love, guess where it's at? It's where the heart heart is at. Divine wisdom is where the, um, the, uh, the solar plexus is at. And so it's just in these strength is in the back, the middle part of the lower back, because that's where we support ourselves. And um, and so it's just a lot of really cool things. And it's an exercise you guys can do to help strengthen yourself uh, within your body. And I would even imagine if you do it with yoga, it would be even better. Like you start thinking about these different regions and saying them while you're doing yoga, it would probably be really powerful. That sounds awesome. So uh, it's really, really cool. And I've done it. And I feel the body electrifying, just similar to what we, you and I had at, um, at Tulum. It's like an activation. Um, and so it's, 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 it's pretty powerful. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, and uh, because it's something that's really, really strong. And it really, that's great. Really what I'll do is I'll try and get that into the video on the YouTube channel. Um, I'll try and find those pictures and put them in the YouTube. I'll send it to you too. Okay. Awesome. That would be great. So I'm curious, Jeremy, um, with today's times, um, what sort of metaphors and symbolisms is kind of showing up in people's lives that are kind of really in ways activations of realization for the soul's evolution? Um, well, <laughs> that's interesting. I was just, this just popped into my head, so I'm not really sure. We're just going to look it up, but I just wanted to look up the word virus. Um, so, hmm. Oh, that's an attack. That's an attack. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so it is an attack and it's a sub, uh, sub microscopic infectious agent that replicates and only inside living cells in the organism. So interestingly enough, what happens, I've been talking about, we've been talking about for the last hour that through adversity, we find refinement and we find, uh, uh, illumination or power within yourself. So we're going through this virus and that's happening to us. So what is it doing? It's giving you an opportunity to get stronger within yourself for these attacks. Now, I'm not talking about other out there and getting a sword and everything else. I'm talking about you're getting strong in yourself. So the next time something like this happens, you go, huh, you know, it just doesn't really, it doesn't affect you anymore. And this is, if anybody's ever done anything work with getting themselves stronger with psychic attacks or energetic attacks and stuff like you'll know what I'm talking about. Or if they've been in a narcissistic, to toxic relationship or friendship, they know what I'm talking about. Because eventually you just look at things and you don't see it as, it doesn't affect you anymore. So this virus going on is a way for you to get stronger within yourself, energetically, because if you're stronger, you don't, and you look at it, you're like, I'm not buying into this contract. And that's everything, everything that happens in our world is about a contract. So this virus comes in and you're like, hmm, nope, 
I'm not going to contract that. And more importantly, I'm not going to get involved with what's going on. Like the mask, I'm not going to lie to you. The mask that everybody's wearing, I know there's a reason for it. But I don't know why it was true. Yeah, okay. That, you know, I've been having the exact same thought. So let's talk about that. Because I go into the grocery store and I see everyone like wearing their masks. And again, like no judgment on anyone who's wearing their mask, especially if there's any of our listeners wearing masks. But I find it so interesting because... To me, it almost like the idea of wearing a mask is like um, solidifying and crystallizing in your body that you're susceptible to getting it like without it. Yeah, and there now hold on just real quick. There's people with compromised immune systems and all that. Yes, do the absolutely protect your, protect yourself. But what I'm saying, the, the, I think the trigger that really hit me is that somebody on uh, social media um, basically said that the CDC is now recommending those wearing masks and all that kind of stuff and gloves and stuff like that. Well, uh, one person said they weren't gonna they weren't going to wear it, and so the, this guy got attacked. And all these curse words and profanities talked about on him and saying he was selfish and that he was putting this per- this particular person's children at risk. Thank you for being selfish. And I was just like, wow, that really set me off. And so, uh, and it was, and it was an opportunity for me to stop and go like, cause of course I wanted to go on social media and slam him and call him, you know, all these names and, so I had to stop and go, why, why, why do I have to get involved in this? And, and I'm interesting enough uh, to go back to the, what's happening in the world. 20 some odd years ago, my teacher Reka told me that if you don't do your inner work, then um, this new world that's coming is going to rip you apart. And I thought she was crazy. And, um, but I, th- now I get it because. Uh, uh didn't you know the new crazy is now sane and the sane is now the new crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And she was a, and she told me and my mother at the time, she was a, a Polish woman that was raised in Poland even during the World War II. So she, she said, uh, the things that you're being told on American media are brainwashing. And that was a trigger for me back then. But now I look at it and I know, I know that's true. But the more important thing is that the story about on on social media, I can see where this new world would rip us apart because I could have gotten involved in that. Or when I saw somebody getting mad at another person for not wearing a mask in a grocery store, I could have gotten involved in that. There could have been physical altercation. You know, people are so heated up right now that we don't know what they're going to do. And so it's one of those things where, but um, all these, I've been prepared for this for a long time. You know, I went to Free Your Mind with, uh, with Justin, uh, my friend Justin, uh, about three or four years ago in Philadelphia. And there was a man that stood up and acted like Pulse never happened. And, uh, and everything that happened at Pulse, and it really triggered me. And I wanted to, like, tell him off in front of 500 people. And Justin put his hand on my knee and said, don't. <laughs> and so, um, and for those of you that listen, I'm a Pisces, and I always jokingly say I'm a pissy Pisces. But, um, but there's, the, what that did for me to stop and not do that has also helped me. Each time I've stopped and not reacted has been gotten me stronger in not reacting now. And it's only going to get worse. And so what I'm saying to all of you is that all these things like this virus and everything that else is going on, 
there is a hidden lessons in here to teach you how to get stronger in yourself. And more importantly, as you get stronger in yourself, you're going to have, you're going to love yourself more. You're going to uh, not feel the need to justify why you believe in the, believe in the things that you believe in. You're going to, you're going to get stronger in uh, what you allow. You're going to draw healthy boundaries. Um, there is a whole lot of things. It's not just what's going on here in the world. It's not just about conspiracies. It's really about just getting stronger within yourself so that you can have a healthy, happy, peaceful life and illuminate yourself and go into balance with yourself. So when you're talking about like modern things that this thing is going on, that are metaphors. So what's the mask? It's covering your, uh, it's covering your mouth. It's not just about protecting you from, or other people from you. It's covering up your power, your, your voice and your, thro your, your uh, throat are your center of power, how you speak. And so now you're covering it up and you're, you're also covering part of your face. I know, interesting enough, take the mask off. Remember, what do we teach in, uh, in spirituality? Mm -hmm. We have to take our masks off. Mm -hmm. So uh, now we're put, uh, being told to put them on. And if we don't, we're selfish. And so, like I said, for those of you who need to do it for health reasons, that's, that's fine. I, I'm, I think you should protect yourself. But what I'm getting at here is that there is a deeper metaphysical spiritual reason if you look at it from that perspective and then uh and then the gloves like um there was a movie and i keep on forgetting the name of the movie and i think we talked about it on the master's octave call, call a few weeks ago but there's this movie and i had still sylvester stallone in it and in uh in that movie they didn't actually even intimately have sex they did it through virtual reality sitting across from each other in our, the same room and so, and I thought to myself, could you imagine, Nicole, not being able to hug your friends because it was considered to be not okay? Could you imagine? And, and we're putting latex gloves on. And people say, well, that's just for right now. But what ends up happening is we, um, I didn't even know this until recently. You're not supposed to cough into your mouth. You know, you cover your, remember your mom yes. told you to cover your mouth? Cough into people, your hand, you mean? like? Yeah, cough into your hand. You're not supposed to do that anymore. Apparently, you're supposed to do it into your elbow. When did that happen? What? And What's the difference? Because you you cough into your hand and then you rub you go and you oh, rub Oh, I hand. see. Okay. And so It's yeah. interesting, you know, because I I've been hearing this too. I have some friends who have family members who are on the front lines of the health crisis right now. So they're working in hospitals, they're either nurses, doctors, um, whatever, they're working on the front lines of this virus. And they're putting their lives at risk every day to go do that. But when they come home, like we especially, okay, we just had Easter pass, okay? People won't spend Easter with that person because they're exposed to the virus. And I completely understand the, um, you know, if you've got children or you've got someone who's got, maybe you've got someone who's got a compromised immune system. That I understand. But I'm like, wow, how when we go down to just the empathic level on a human level of what that must feel like, that you almost feel like a leper for doing the bravest thing that most people won't take the time to do and no one wants to be around you. How does that make someone feel? Like I can only like empathically, I was tuning into that energy field and I'm like, oh my God, that's so painful. That's so lonely. And that's what's happening. My mother was a nurse for 31 years. I couldn't even imagine the the fact that she was always on the front lines, helping people, putting her life at risk. You know, I mean, some of the stories she would tell me of how she saved people's lives. And 
then she comes home and she can't even spend it with her family or the people she cares about because they're so afraid. And it's interesting. What, what you don't understand is that medical professionals do tons of things to protect themselves. And so they disinfect everything. They wear latex gloves for everything. And the interesting part about wearing those masks is there's still a shortage of those it was an N95 masks. And so they're now telling nurses because there's not enough and doctors to wear the same one over and over again, which is not a part of their protocols. They're supposed to use a new one every time, but they can't because there's not enough. But what they're also being told is ways they can disinfect it after each use. And so they're working very, very, very hard on making sure that they're safe and other people are safe. And that this is not new to them because there's worse things not to put anything down than the coronavirus that they Mm -hmm. can can catch. And so... Well, um, yeah, I mean, you think about it. Going into a hospital, it's like you are always at risk of catching something, whether there's the coronavirus or not, which means that if you hang out with anyone who is a medical profession and works in a hospital, that doesn't matter what time of year it is or what, like, you know, decade we're living in, you are at risk at some point. But, you know, like, it's so important to remember that you have so much more power than what is being given to you or at least portrayed to you to believe. And this idea of fear literally makes you dumber. When you allow fear to take over your mental faculties, it literally shuts down the critical thinking center at the front of your brain and activates the hindbrain, your reptilian brain, where it's only about survival. It's about fight or flight. And now you're not thinking you're only reacting because that's what survival is all about. And so when we when we remember that this fear is designed to literally keep us stupid and acting in ways that we normally wouldn't when we're able to critically think, one of the things I love, um, I'm a huge fan of like Dr. Shiva right now because he's coming out and he's putting out incredible information that is going against mainstream science, which is big pharma. And But at the same time, he's not discounting the medical system. He's just showing where um, they're not talking about the truth and how much power we have at building our own immunity system. And one of the things that I love, and I'm Fingers crossed. He's agreed to come on this podcast, guys. Like He's so nice. far agreed. So I'm like really excited. But um, one of the things he's talked about is if you're really wanting to boost your – it's all about immunity. If you boost your immune system, the likelihood of you contracting anything, even if you contract a virus – we're contracting viruses every day. Everyday viruses are coming into your body and then they're releasing. And this is one of the things that my naturopath talked to me about the first time I went to go see her when I was 21 because I had contracted like a virus sexually, it was the HPV um, virus. And she's like, it's okay, Nicole, we're just going to figure out why your body's holding on to it. It's just a virus. And I was like, what? I go, you mean I can get rid of it? She goes, of course. And we had been programmed to think that you can't unless you have a vaccine or you have a drug or you have, and this idea of boosting your immune system, simple things that you can do right now to bring back your own sovereignty, your own power over your own body is vitamin C, vitamin B, A, and D. Those four vitamins alone, okay, will increase your immunity so much. And that's about getting the knowledge, the right information on how you can remain sovereign, not just to the powers that be that want to fear monger you into submission, but sovereignty over your own body so that you know that you have the power to be immune to this stuff if you choose. Yeah, that's really powerful. And it's real quick, because uh, I know that we talked a lot about a lot of things about um, the current world with the mask and all that kind of stuff. 
I also want you to understand that all those things are happening for you to face and figure out. Like Nicole with the virus, she it taught her about that she has power over this. And you know, and, and it's very interesting. You were talking about the upper part of the brain. That is called the Olympian brain. And so that uh, when you look at when you go to from that perspective of the Olympian brain, you're standing up in your own divineness. You're standing up in that higher realms on Mount Olympus, so to speak. And you know, it's because you've empowered yourself and it's 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 changed you've gone from that you've graduated from that reptilian brain up into the higher realms and that's pretty mm -hmm. powerful yeah and remember everyone that that pre-mortar cortex okay which is where a lot of your your critical thinking happens okay that's what that starts to light up when you're critically thinking and you're not in survival mode that is where all of your divine information comes in your downloads and everything and it goes through the the, the pre-motor motor cortex. So your body can activate um, all of its actions and everything through that. So when we go into fear, we shut all that down, which means if we're shutting that down, we're also shutting down our connection to the infinite source of information that's available to us at all times. Just remember Very that. Cool. <laughs> but... Really, um, really cool. I think too, one of the things I'd just like to also emphasize to the audience, if you can just kind of sit with this and pass this information on, or at least talk about it with people, just so that it, it you know, we spread the information and we get it out there, because this is how we keep each other empowered, is that we continue to talk with one another about issues. And this idea of, I'm not saying put yourself in a room filled with doctors to, you know, be, to say like, I thank you and I'm okay with you doing this and, you know, I'm not going to get the virus just to be a good person. But keep in mind the effect that this has on someone's emotional body, mental body, physical body when they realize they're rejected for being a hero. And I think there's something that we have to be talking about and be grateful for and gratitude. Is there another solution that we can somehow bring in balance back as opposed to complete rejection, but somehow enveloping those people in our lives who are on the front lines and somehow expressing gratitude? Maybe even if you don't see them in person, can you can you send out a video call or a phone call to say thank you and let them know that you're grateful or that they're not alone and they're not being rejected and and, and just something that keeps them connected or not feeling like a leper of society for doing like the most heroic things that many of us don't want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's, it, make, it makes them feel, because the people out there that are working so hard, they, they're doing it selflessly. And um, they're not necessarily always looking for that, but to get it is is a very good feeling and it means that what they're doing it's like the sign that hey what they're doing is is good and to keep going and to get it gives them strength too so mm -hmm. definitely reach out to them and reach out to you know right now it's okay to pick up the phone and call somebody you know and, and check in on them and a matter of fact i just got a message while we were talking from a friend of mine i haven't seen in years and she just wanted to check on me and so um and those are those are good things to do and you know right now the connection between each other um because we're still connected on a cosmic level even though we're doing social distancing we're still uh connected on a spiritual level 
So you, now is the time to really start practicing. I was going to fly up potentially to see my teacher in Lexington, and she goes, now is the time for us to start connecting on a, a spiritual level. She goes, you can feel me without even a phone. And and that's true. That's true. And so we, we have, this is where we start saying, I'm more than what I say that I am, is by connecting and uh and acting on what is being said to us on the inside. And, Agreed. Uh, so the telepathic communication, this came through in my Akashic Records session um, that I was asked to relay to everyone that um, the way that humanity is communicating with one another is um, moving much more into telepathic communication and it's not going to shift back. It's not going back to the other way. So allow yourself to play with that telepathic um, skill that we all have, we just oh, we forget how to use it, right? Because we haven't we haven't been told or shown how to use it or been able to use it for a long time. And use this time to to do what Jeremy just said is connect with people around you telepathically and see what happens. Have fun with it. Make it a game, and use it to um, strengthen your own intuitive abilities um, to go beyond the communication sector here because. Hello. Who knows where the censorship thing is going to go, but they won't be able to censorship tele telepathy. <laughs> they won't be able to do that. Maybe if they put that RFI trip in us, but yeah. <laughs> so. we always can find a way around it. There's always a way around. There's always a way. There's always a way. Where there's a will, there is definitely a way. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so very, Jeremy, very cool. any any final thoughts you'd like to leave the audience on, like with the coronavirus symbology and metaphors? Is there anything that you kind of, or uh, maybe a message? I have to look this up. Interesting. I know we're, we're running on time, but Corona actually stands for uh, something with the, the way it's shaped. It's shaped like a crown. And that's interesting because I, I, it got its name. I, I'm, I could, I read somewhere. It's been a little while. The reason why that it makes has sense the, because of the Corona around the sun, you know, like, yeah. And it, it, so it's interesting. So when you think about the crown and the Corona, you're learning how to now step into your crowned state, you know, and what is that crown? Uh, it's the illumination. It's that disc behind you that all the uh, ascended masters have. So what is the coronavirus? Maybe it's not an attack. Maybe it's a, uh, it's a lesson. It's a teacher that's teaching you how to step into your divine state. And so that that's just a those that's kind of how you have to start looking at symbolism you have to start looking at it as there is uh in everything there's an opportunity and so then you look at this like i, I remember seeing that uh about a month ago and seeing that the reason why they called it corona had nothing to do with the beer as much as funny as that is it had everything to do with the way the virus actually has like this crown shape um and uh so that's I just found that super interesting, and so that's I'm also a skeptic. For those you're gonna know, I'm a Greek skeptic, so I look at everything, and I and I'll start and I'll actually research that for a while again and and find more out about that and talk about it probably on a, a live feed. But that's probably what I would leave you with. Think about this as uh, as an opportunity to get stronger within yourself, which has been the consistent message for the last hour. So oh my gosh, I love that, and that makes so much sense. Even if you take that crown, think about the crown chakra and the virus. It's actually affecting our ability to be enlightened. Yep. Because yep. it's putting us back into fear. Yep. 
Okay, here it is. Coronavirus derives their name from the fact that under the electron microscope examination, East Viron is surrounded by a corona or halo. Mm-hmm. There you go. So what ends up happening? We always see angels with halos. Mm-hmm. And so what are you doing? You're stepping into your angelic state, which is just another metaphor because angels, interesting enough, have wings. Oh, I'm totally going to go conspiracy here <laughs> for oh, a minute on you but that is so deep state <laughs> that is so deep state to like almost make an angelic virus you know what i'm saying like you see how they you see how they take all of our symbolism and they and they and they just flip it like the nazi symbol and and, the, and that was something beautiful before that and they just hijack everything Yep. Well, and they do that on purpose. Like the 13 I was telling you about, they make that into something bad. But interesting enough is uh, angels are, if you change the word a little bit to angle, they're multidimensional beings. And why? Because their wings, they're not, do you really think people are flying around with feathered wings? It's, it's, it's their energy system is when it comes in, the light is so strong and expands out that it looks like wings when they're coming back in out of their stargate, so to speak, in their portal. And so the deep, the deep state will create something like that on purpose to make it so we look at it and we're like, oh, that doesn't happen. And we, they bring us, it's to make us feel small. They want us to compartmentalize ourselves and get small, which gets into the archons and all that other kind of stuff. Because that energy, for those of you guys who don't know what it is, feeds off of our fear. And we only feel fear because of what uh, Nicole said earlier, when we're operating from that reptilian brain and we're small, we're not stepping into our empowered state, our Olympian brain. So the, the more we feel small and not empowered, they don't give a shit about us sitting at home. Excuse me, I'm cussing. They don't, get, they, don't have, they, don't, they don't care about us sitting at home. They don't care about laws and control. They care about feeding off of our energy. You and I and everybody listening to this podcast, we feed off of love and compassion and empowerment and creativity and all that kind of stuff. That energy is so far on the other side that it wants to feed off of uh, us and keep us small because we're their nourishment. So, oh, yeah, that's great information. Great information. Great way to end the show. I love that. Jeremy. Like, you got to come on more often. I love these conversations with you. Like, it just flows when we're together. Absolutely. I would love that. And uh, maybe we'll do our in-bed talks again for <laughs> one day. <laughs> but I know we're both very, very busy. But, I know, um, right? Yeah, I oh would my love goodness. to do more. So. Oh, well, thanks so much. Okay, so, Jarrett, tell our audience um, what you've got going on, how they can get in touch with you, and if you've got any stuff that they can um, be a part of, go shoot that out to the audience right now. Oh, so my website is jeremymcdonald.net. So it's very inter- it's very easy, Jeremy, and then the restaurant, mcdonald.net. And if you go there and sign up for my newsletter, I'll send you back a 78-minute downloadable CD for free. Um, <clears throat> right now, uh, Nicole and I are going, are going live every Tuesday on the Master's Octave uh, Facebook page. And unfortunately, all my events have been canceled this year. <laughs> So, um, but I am working on a retreat in Pigeon Forge for April of 2021. So that's the probably the soonest. Uh, I might go to be speaking in Casadega this summer. We just got to set up the date, but 
every like I said, everything got postponed or canceled. Um, so it's so for right now, come and check me out. I got blogs and videos and all kinds of stuff, uh, and uh, you can definitely sign up for a session. I'm doing a BOGO sale right now on 45 minute sessions. So. Oh, cool. Awesome. And and for our audience who doesn't know, um, Jeremy and I own the same school. It's now called, uh, we changed it from the Inflexible Me Academy to the Alchemy Academy, where um, we've actually got a, a mutual, we've done a course together on the level leveling up on consciousness, and um, which you can totally um, purchase there. But Jeremy's going to be offering a subscription program uh, on that school soon. I've got my Alchemy course there. So um, you guys can find out more from him soon there. You, you'll probably want to join in. He, he was going to put out some great content. He's just in the midst of getting it all organized and ready to go. So stay tuned for that as well. Yeah. And I'll probably be launching some of that within the next couple of weeks. So perfect. I'm working on it. So yep. Very, very yeah. cool. Exciting stuff. Cool. Well, thanks Jeremy for, for popping into the Enlighten Up podcast and um, having such a great conversation. This was really fun. I loved where it went and I think the audience is going to really uh, love it too. Guys, love having you here with me every week. Thanks so much for all of your support and love. Keep sharing the content to help support the podcast. I love you guys. We'll be back with you next week. Bye. Thank you all for joining our show. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If any of you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests that you would like to hear on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us or send us a voice message using the Anchor app. There's a super cool feature on there that allows you to send us a message or ask us a question with a touch of a button right from the app. And please continue to support us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you haven't checked out Nicole's channel on YouTube yet, head on over there for some more insight from her, or you can visit her website, inflexibleme.com, where you can book a personal coaching session or a tarot reading, watch some of her most informative videos, or you can sign up for her newsletter. And if you're interested in some light language healing, head to my YouTube channel, lisaloveslove.com, or send me an email to lisa at lisaloveslove.com to inquire about your own personal reading. Thank you again for joining us and supporting us, and we'll be back with you all next week.